is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hello. I'm still, like, really discombobulated after last week, because um, I feel like the story hasn't completely gone away yet, as will be evidenced by when we get to the news <laughs> this week. Um, but thank God that Activision Blizzard hasn't dominated the news cycle. Uh, so we can get back to talking about what's important in the games industry. Uh, and that, of course, is NFTs. <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got that to look forward to, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, but you know what else is exciting? A little game from a little studio called Drinkbox Studios, known for such titles as uh, Severed and the Guacamelee series. Well, they came out with a brand new game that's on Game Pass uh, last week called Nobody Saves the World. And Micah, have you played Nobody Saves the World? Not yet. I uh, haven't really played much of anything, but uh, I am looking forward to it. Well, you should really look forward to it because this game fucking rocks. Nobody Saves the World does. (laughs) So uh, basically what Nobody Saves the World is, it is a top-down... Uh, isometric action RPG. And you would be, uh, you know, you'd take a look at it and you're like, wow, this looks a lot like Legend of Zelda. And to some extent, sure, Um, especially in the way the map is laid out and just the the way the game looks. Um, But it is actually Diablo. And it is Diablo in the best ways. Because... You have a story whoa, whoa, that you're whoa, progressing. Whoa, 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 yeah, whoa. Yeah. It's yeah. Diablo in the best ways. So yeah. you mean to so you mean to tell me there's a real money auction house? Uh no. In fact, oh. not at all. Um <laughs> and I, I I don't think that I've seen a joke reference, but you know, I it's a drink boss game, so I'm sure there's many jokes and uh reverential, you know, referential humor that I've yet to uncover yet. So you start the game as a nobody. Like, literally, he's called Nobody because you wake up in this, like, shack and you have amnesia and you don't know who you are. Um, And you uh, find out, like, the town wizard, um, whose name escapes me right now, but it's very grandiose sounding, uh, is missing. And there's, like, this calamity that has struck the world. And you stumble into the wizard's house and then his, like, douchebag apprentice comes in. Um, Randy, Randy, the apprentice, is... Very much like your classic drink box uh, sort of antagonistic character um, in many ways. Uh, But you find the wizard's magic wand. And what the wand allows you to do is it allows you to change forms uh, at will. And so the forms in this game uh, basically act as classes, for lack of a better term. But it's not like Diablo where there's like six classes there's 18 different classes in this game that you can switch to at will. The first one that you switch to is a tiny rat uh, who can gnaw enemies and poison them. And each class is leveled separately. And the way that you level those classes up is a never-ending treadmill of quests that are presented to you. So, Micah, while I think you're going to like this game, uh, it is going to give you specifically incredible quest log anxiety because you are getting quests (laughs) at you thrown at you constantly. Um, 
in terms of different things to do. But the, the first couple of quests that you get when you first level up, when you first get a form are pretty, you know, use this ability X number of times and, and inflict this status X number of times. But as you level the characters up, what gets very cool is twofold. You can start equipping uh, passive attributes from other classes onto these character, onto these, onto these uh, different classes, and you end up getting new abilities as well as you level the class up as well. And you can also swap in abilities from other classes as well. So you can mix and match a lot of the different abilities, which is, you know, if, if you like making builds, and I'm not talking about like really complex builds that require a lot of like hunting for armor and things like that, but if you just like to, to kind of like theory craft builds, this is fucking great. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like a variation, uh, a, a little more of a. I don't. I, it sounds like the job system in like a in like a Final Fantasy, where yeah. you have a main job and then a sub job and everything up to that sub job, all the abilities up to your sub job level you have access to, no matter what your main job is. And I I like that. I like that a it's, lot. It's very cool. And then the quests start getting more complex. So they're like, hey. You as the rat uh, use this special flexibility from the bodybuilder and damage enemies. Like, the, oh, and, that, and that's the other thing too. The classes. So, like, here's an example of like the classes. There's the rat. Uh, there's a bodybuilder. There's your typical like ranger and guard. There's a magician, and I'm not talking about like a mage, but like a top hat with the rabbit magician that you can <laughs> that you can be. There's a slug. Uh, there's a grotesque looking mermaid. You can be a zombie. The cool thing about the zombie is that you're constantly losing HP because your flesh is decaying as you go. But then you can you can infect other enemies, and when they die, they become zombies that will fight alongside you as as familiars. Basically, they have a robot. They have an egg, like a literal egg that you roll around. An egg? Yeah, an egg. Uh, they have a turtle. They have like like they have all sorts of wacky wacky classes. Um. And it is Diablo-esque in that as you're, as the classes get more powerful, you do feel very OP. Like, you can chain certain abilities together uh, to kind of run through enemy mobs. Um, but then that's where the dungeons come into play. So they have a couple different dungeons. Uh, and it's interesting because they have, like, they're called demi-dungeons, which are, like, shorter and they're usually a little bit simpler. Um just to get some loot and they're procedurally generated. So, you know, if you die, it's, it, it's going to be a different layout slightly when you come back in, but then they have like the main quest dungeons. And what's cool about those is they have, um, so there's four damage types in the game and, and I appreciate they didn't go with the typical like fire, water, whatever, like it's poison, light, blunt, and, and, uh, <laughs> dark and dark. And, um, I, I can't remember what the other one is, uh, but they, oh, sharp is the other, is the other damage type. <laughs> So, but the, the main, the other dungeons are, uh, basically have modifiers attached to them. So like enemies that are in the dungeon will have protective wards around them and you can't damage them until they receive damage of a particular type. And the dungeon will tell you like what types of wards will be available that you will encounter. So you can make your builds before you go in and then you can go in and, and, you know, have test your builds and make sure they're good to, to get through these challenging areas. The other thing that's really neat is they have modifiers on them. So like they have one dungeon where when enemies die, 
uh, they explode, their corpses explode and throw like bones at you. So you have to like watch out when enemies die. Um, otherwise, you know, you might take extra damage. Uh, they have one damage or one, one damage, one dungeon where all damage from both you and from enemies is multiplied by 9,999 times. So basically it's a one hit. So it's essentially like a one hit kill dungeon. Like you kill enemies in one hit, but they also kill you in one hit and you have to get through. Like you have to make it to the boss of the dungeon. Otherwise you start back over from the beginning essentially. So like that there's, there's challenges there as well. Um, they don't have like platforming challenges like Guacamelee does obviously, but they do have like the action adventure equivalent of those where they have like challenge rooms where, you know, you have to have a specific build or, or have, you know, and, and use your skills to the extent of their abilities, um, in order to clear, to clear those out. Um, it's a crazily good game. Um, also, you know, it's a drink box game. So you're going to get like crazy characters and, and it's going to be hilarious and it's going to have that very particular art style. Uh, which works for the game. Um, it, it's it's pretty great. <laughs> like I, I'm, like looking I, f- I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. Um, you know, I I like Drinkbox games. They're uh, you know they're one of the few <laughs> indie developers that um, that I will admit to. Uh, uh, it's not even admit. I really like the games that they make. Yeah, so uh, I'm very much looking forward to this. Matter of fact, I might I, I gotta I gotta download it right now. Yeah, I've just been busy. Like I said, it's it, it took a bit to get going because like those when you when you're kind of limited in what you can do because those you know, this first couple classes, um, it, you, like you're relying on the gameplay mechanics. Like the the game really is fucking with those builds and using your abilities and different combinations. Like I have you know one of my characters right now, basically like between the passive buffs that I have. Um, inflicts like all statuses on every enemy when I attack them essentially. So like they're getting poisoned, they're getting slowed, um, you know, and like I said, the character, the characters fall into the tropes. So like the bodybuilder, like he's, he's big and slow, but he does a shitload of damage. And like his main attack is he literally takes like a bench press barbell and smashes it into enemies. So like it hits enemies in a wide arc. And for a lot of damage, and he can like pump himself up to do more damage, um, <laughs> and and he can like spin his fist around like he's Zangief essentially, like as <laughs> like working in the room and stuff like that. So like things like you know that that's the kind of shit that you're uh, that you're dealing with here um, in terms of that. So, but it's 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 a tremendously fun game. Uh, if you have Game Pass, definitely check it out. And when this game does eventually come out on the Switch, I'm probably gonna buy it. And, and play it again yeah, right there. Like that's how much. Feel, yeah. yeah, this feels like a this feels like a Switch game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, good. I'm very much looking forward to this, and uh, I just need to find it, and I'll find it later. It's really but, good. Like uh, I said, it's it, it's it's kind of flying under the radar, which disappoints me because it's 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 a, like if I had played if it came out last year, um, it would have been in my top five, and I'm I'm only like halfway through the game at this point. I can already tell you that it would have been up there. So. Wow. Yeah, it's um it's getting really good reviews. Like mm-hmm. everyone seems to love it. I just don't uh maybe it's just this like time period. Maybe it's, you know, everybody's still everybody's still reeling from the 70 billion dollar, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like wow. Well, it's it's but, also in a strange spot because it's coming out just a couple weeks before like the Horizon Elden Ring 
you know, apocalypse that's about to fall upon us. Yeah. Yeah. February is February. February is about to be, uh, uh, a pretty de- a pretty good month for uh for video games. Yeah. It's going to be kind of crazy. Uh you know what's not a real decent week for video games is this week. Uh here's the releases. Um I don't haven't heard of most of these games, but we'll go through the list. Uh Hidden Deep available on PC, uh Reverie Knights Tactics PC, PlayStation, Xbox and Switch. This is a turn-based tactical game. Uh, Series Sam, Siberian Mayhem on PC. Diplomacy is not an option on PC. Serious Sam. Sam. He's still around. Kingdom of the Dead on PC. Uh, Circuit Superstars on PS4. Deflector on PC. Uh, Rugby 22 for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Uh, I think it's Vagant. Vagante. Vagante. It comes out on PlayStation, (laughs) Xbox, and Switch. Uh, Zenith The Last City. On PC, uh, Quest 2 and PlayStation VR is a VR game, of course. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus comes out on Nintendo Switch. Uh, Return 2, that's not Return, but Return 2 Runaway comes to PC, Xbox, and Switch. And uh, the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection comes to PlayStation 5. This is the remastered, uh, un- remastered again, uh, Uncharted series. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the re- the re- well, remastered. So what are they doing with that? Just making it 60 frames? I would assume it that the, looks pretty I, great. Well, I would assume Uncharted 4 is probably getting 4K60 um, upgrades. And and also, like, I don't know if they're adding, like, ray tracing and stuff like that. That'd be kind of crazy if they did that. Um, yeah. It's going to look real good. Uh, it better. It's a $50 release, man. Like, it Micah, Uncharted 4 came out almost six years ago, if you can believe it. <sighs> Jesus Christ. If you wanted to feel ancient. You know, where where has the time gone? It's completely uh, Well, think of how, I mean, you know it's weird. Like Uncharted 4, the earliest vanguard of of tentpole PS4 games, really, when you think about it. Because think about all the games that have come out since Uncharted 4. We've had God of War, we've had Horizon Zero Dawn, we've had Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, like think, think of all of these games that have released that, that have felt like they've been around for a long time. Um, and they all predated or post-dated Uncharted 4. Also, also even third-party stuff like Resident Evil 7 even was, was, uh, post-Uncharted 4. Monster Hunter World was after Uncharted 4. You know, it's, it's, um, I, I like the Uncharted series. They're not really like the best games, but. In terms of like interactive movies, like this and The Last of Us, obviously are are really really uh, good looking titles. But all those games, all those games you've rattled off, mm-hmm. are have actual like gameplay mechanics that aren't like duck behind waist high cover and then pop up and shoot. You know what I mean? Like right. that's essentially <laughs> what that's essentially what Uncharted basically is, right? Like with with rudimentary puzzles thrown in to to break up the action. But um, the fact that like you look at like Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. and it's just like like yeah, Uncharted is amazing, but like Ghost of Tsushima is phenomenal. And like if you want to see what progression is in gaming, like it's right there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if people really appreciate what is the the 
what can be done with these systems. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty, I don't know. I'm awed by it. You know what I mean? Like Now, here's, just, now here's cool. my question. If you have Uncharted 4 already, do you get those upgrades? That's something we're going to have to figure out. Yeah, because I, I, look, I, I wouldn't mind playing it, but I'm not going to rebuy it. Like, I, I refuse. Yeah. Oh, did I tell you I finally gave up on God of War and just read the... Not only read not not only read this read the spoilers, but watched like the the last boss fight and the ending on YouTube. Oh man! I mean, I'm glad you did. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, like it, I feel like you get a little more out of it when you play it. You know, well, here's, I mean? like, here's the here's the issue though. So like, same thing. I did the same thing with Horizon because I I, I tried. Can't, I can't I can't play because I did this once. I did this with Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Um, where when Brotherhood came out, I got it, I started playing it, and I put it down. And then Revelations was coming out. So I'm like, all right, I got I only got like a third of the way through Brotherhood. I'm gonna fucking mainline this game so that I can finish it before Revelations comes out. So I I main I mainlined it, I put my head down, pretty much just did the story exclusively. I didn't really do any side quests um yeah. and finished the game. And then when, and I did this like in like, I think Revelations came out in November. I did this in like September, October for, for Brotherhood. And then Revelations came out and I was like, I am, I am Assassin's Creed out right now. Yeah. Look, I get burnt out sometimes. (laughs) Um, Look, I, I get it, man. Like that game has the, the game has to be something really special for me to just want to keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. Yeah. Um, So I understand what the burnout is. Like I tried to do it with uh I tried to do it with Horizon, yeah. right? Because the game the game is really good, but I never finished it and I didn't go back to it. So I I found my old save, put it in uh my uploaded to the cloud or whatever. Basically, I got everything hooked up so that I can play it on my PS5. And I jumped in at first, I started from the beginning, and I was like, I don't want to do all this. It's <laughs> a lot that happens. <laughs> right. Let me just let me just kind of let me just kind of hope that my memory refreshes. Uh, it didn't, but uh, I got my old save, and I was like, all right, well, maybe I can just kind of finish it out just to finish it. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't do it. it. It one, it was the burnout because I don't really care for that series enough to to want to you know, cram all that in Mm -hmm. to, to try and play the sequel. And two, I realize I just don't care for this world, man. Like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like these characters. I don't like the way any of them look. I don't, uh, you know, so I, I even, I even read up on like, I even read up the story and all that. And it just didn't seem terribly interesting to me. It's a unique. That that's right. That's right. We'll differ with you. I think the lore in that game is among the best of like the PlayStation original properties. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm including Last of Us. Yes, I'm including oh well, God of War, which draw I mean God of War draws from other mythologies. That's kind of a cheat, but like this this right. is like I said, I I think this is a very compelling uh science fiction story. It's just so much game. Like it's so much game. It's a lot, man. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of game. <laughs> which isn't a which isn't a bad thing like i like that i mean you know it's certainly but rather that than the alternative but you know yeah i don't know there's uh there's something about it it just doesn't doesn't it doesn't do it for me 
And it's a shame because I like Aloy as a as a protagonist. Yeah. I just um Yeah. So I'll be skipping out on Horizon. Oh, you're uh, skipping you're skipping it entirely. Yeah, I'm skipping it, man. I can't I can't afford to just 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 buy games like that anymore. You know what I mean? Like well, I gotta my, I gotta be a little more frugal. My problem is is that I'm I'm more excited to play Elden Ring than I am that and and Forbidden West comes out a week before Elden Ring does. And so I'm not going to like get started playing Forbidden West and then put it down right. a weekend. Like that's stupid. <laughs> right. That's exactly what would happen. That's exactly yeah. what happened the first time. Well, and <laughs> the other, the other problem is, is that for me, uh, Gran Turismo seven comes out in March. So like, that'll probably be when I'm done with Elden Ring, but then GT seven comes out and that's like, <laughs> I mean, I put, I put 80 hours into GT sport last year. I can't even imagine like how much I'm gonna be playing, because like well, play you know PlayStation just sent out their like year in review thing for for everybody, so like you know I checked that out and you know not surprisingly like GT Sport was the number two game that I played on PlayStation last year. Uh, I'll give you one guess as to what number one was. Um, I'm assuming but, it was the same one that was mine. Yeah, so most <laughs> so so I honestly I don't know when I'm gonna get to Forbidden West, and my fear is that like. It's going to come out, and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to play it. But then, like, the week it comes out, like, people are going to be like, 10 out of 10, game of the year. Like, it's, 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 it's I'll just, and then the FOMO, the FOMO will send it, even though I'm probably realistically not going to be able to get to it till like April. Yeah, I, I would wait. I would, I yeah. would wait. And look, look. I understand that it's me telling you to wait. Like that don't mean nothing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I would wait. I would probably i I would even wait for a sale. Me myself personally, but you know, I'm not willing to wait that long. Not yeah. That long. <laughs> for, fortunately, the summer seems like milder because like I don't give a shit about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and no. you know a couple other games that are coming out in the summertime. So. We'll see. I forgot. I forgot. Tiny Tina's Wonderland was a thing. I really did. I'm really dis. I'm, I'm like I said. We'll see what that game looks like when it comes out. I'm really disappointed that they didn't take the opportunity to take this game and do something like different with it. Instead, they're just like, ah, oh, let's just do Borderlands, but with D and D tropes. Essentially, yeah. like that. That's really what it pretty much seems like they're doing. Which you know, yeah. Like it's just guns in a medieval setting yeah like all right uh, all right <laughs> um hey everybody go to densepixels.com slash fans to join our discord uh look man we talk about a lot of stuff in there but uh the one wrestle i haven't watched a lot of wrestling lately because it's just been trash all around nor have i but the but the one thing that i will watch no matter what is the royal rumble and oh, yeah, that's that weekend, is that's that's Saturday. So Saturday. Well, the uh, two very important football games are happening on Sunday. I don't think uh, the WWE wants to counter program. That makes um, sense. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we so look. Uh, hopefully, the uh, the wrestling channel will be uh, on and popping, as as the youth say. Um, and you can get to that by going to densepixels.com slash fans. And while you're there on, on the internet, on your browsers, on your chromes and your firefoxes and your safaris and your, what is it? What is, what is Microsoft calls? There's the, uh, uh, edge. not, ex- 
Edge. 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 Stupid. Um, <laughs> go to go to youtube.com <laughs> slash dense pixels uh, and subscribe there. You can see me in uh in my in my mood lighting because I'm very tired and I don't want my overhead light uh, on because it's very harsh on the eyes. Yeah. And you can see me with my poor lighting because my camera doesn't want to quite cooperate today. Because <laughs> my Mac just had an update. And, of course, peripherals software never updates when the Mac updates. So <laughs> that's how it goes. So go to YouTube.com slash Dense Pixels. Hit smash that like button and smash that subscribe button. And... uh and and while you're while you're smashing and subscribing, subscribe to all of our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. We uh, we do the Nerd Apocalypse. Uh, we're gonna have a special guest on my my buddy Rob from uh, another show that I guest on uh, Black on Black Cinema, which we are recording right after this episode that you're hearing right oh, now. That, ex- that explains why I'm not doing Look Forward today. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, coming distractions. Uh, I can't remember what the last coming distraction. It was uh, uh, the tragedy of Macbeth, I believe, was the last one that came out, and that was a twenty-three yes. minute review, which means that Jay probably had a lot to say. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was. Well, Jay's a, Jay's a snob, and uh, as such, you know, he was like, "Well, I, he has uh, oh, Macbeth. I'm a big Macbeth guy. I love Macbeth." Well, it's, uh, uh, what a what a confluence. I mean, it's Macbeth, it's Denzel, Francis McDormand, the Coen Brothers. Like, it's you know, it's. I mean, it is. It is. It is, all. You name all those heavy hitters, and right. yeah. The movie's really good. Surprise, surprise. I need I need to make uh, time for it because I'm a huge I, I love I love the Cohen film. So yeah, it's uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, and you get the week, weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast, which I'm assuming will be recorded uh, tomorrow. Probably. Uh, look, man. Look, look. Go to densepixels.com/slash/premium. Just do it. Just do it. And yeah. plunk down. Just plunked. It's five dollars. It's five dollars, and you really help us out. You see all this, all this fancy stuff, all this fancy blue, and and all these separate screens. <laughs> that's that's because you're helping. That's because you are helping uh, with your five dollars. So that's right. Uh, not not all of it gets embezzled. Just some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that he now that he has his and her Teslas, he can finally start investing back into the programs. <laughs> go to com slash premium get a get a bunch of other podcasts including the airing of grievances uh dude we are i I don't know if he's released the second to last episode of season seven um the wait out but we have recorded it and we are one episode away from finishing season seven uh and that episode will be the invitations and i i I, I, want to record it so bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um never no time to, uh, like, quick aside like so the the season finale of season eight was on the other day and so i watched i watched that uh like i said i just love when he goes back to the invitation shop to order more things she's like uh she's he's like weren't you weren't you in here like recently and he's like uh yeah wedding invitations last year she's like oh how'd that go no complaints <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are such horrible people, man. They're such horrible people. I love it. You could never do it again. You can never, you can never have that show in this climate. I love it. Um, look, uh, Aaron Grievances, No Time to Bleed, The Man with the Golden Tongues, Extra Stage Conversations, and the the full 
hour and a half to two hour ish episode of the look forward political podcast is what you need to do when you go to denseplaces.com slash premium. So we have some residuals um, from the big Microsoft Activision acquisition. Uh, last Let me guess. Week. Let me guess. People panicked. People panicked. So, so <laughs> not, not to get too look forwardy on the video game show, keep your politics out of my video games. Um, there's a there's a large contingent of people who use like the stock market as like a barometer of the economy and I cannot begin to explain to you how reckless and irresponsible it is to do that. I mean you might as well use a slot machine to you you to literally you literally barometer. should because the problem with the <laughs> stock market is a it's not representative of the actual economy because it's a bunch of fucking rich people playing, you know, playing casino games with their money essentially (laughs) and B the stock market is incredibly reactionary overreactionary uh, when major things happen case in point uh, the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard (laughs) which saw Sony's stock price in Tokyo drop by 13% in a day which, in case you're wondering how much that equates to, uh, that would be $20 billion in their market value dropping off because of something that another company did. <laughs> in case you're wondering, that's the largest stock dip that Sony's had since October 2008. The thing that caused that to happen was that Sony had to recall 100,000 laptop batteries because they were a fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> that was something they did do. This is something they didn't do. Uh, meanwhile, other Japanese publishers, Square Enix, Capcom, Konami, had their shares rise <laughs> rise by five percent, and Ubisoft is Ubisoft's price raised by eleven percent because investors. Say, wow, Microsoft's on a buy. Microsoft's just going to buy everything (laughs) now. Throwing all this fucking money out there. (laughs) So clearly, uh, we need to get in on the ground floor now uh, because they're going to be these stocks are going to be worth so much when Microsoft pays 150 percent of market cap to buy (laughs) to buy these fucking people. Um. So again, stop using the stock market. To as a gauge of how a company's doing or economy or things of that nature. Because it doesn't fucking matter. The Sony price has been steadily on the rise, of course, since the massive drop. Because that's what also happens when the market chills the fuck out and realizes (laughs) that the sky isn't falling. uh, People start buying stock again. So... Jesus Christ. I mean, like, it's it's to a point where it's it's such a trope. Like, you look at... uh, you look at movies about like the stock market and, and in the, you know, that are especially ones that are set in the eighties and it's like, everyone's on the floor. Buy, 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 sell, buy, buy, sell, buy, sell. Like everybody calm down. Yeah. Everybody calm down. Uh, look, if you are, if you are, uh, the type of person that, uh, thinks that the console wars are still a thing, uh, I'm happy for you. Uh, you can chalk this up as a W. Uh, until everything kind of levels itself out and then you can, then you can go back to warring with your, uh, with your imaginary, uh, rivals. But, uh, yeah, everybody panicked, calm down. Sony's not going anywhere. Microsoft certainly ain't going nowhere. Um, and yeah, yeah, 
uh, and fucking Konami. Yo, everybody that bought a stock in Konami, like, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> Again, if, if if the GameStop, if the Wall Street bets fiasco with GameStop last year didn't teach you that the stock market was a fucking game. Right. I don't I don't know what possibly could. Like, like it, it is it is so easy to manipulate. Um Again, like fictional movie, but we've all seen Trading Places, uh, a, a great crash course and had it had a short stocks uh, and make a shitload of money in a very short amount of time. Um, it's a game. It's a rich people's game. And uh, they freak out at anything that happens like this. Believe me, the next like if so. Now, now what's interesting is that I, I do feel like like there's a lot of speculation uh, that Sony's going to be pressured to respond and not you know, not necessarily respond on the level of Activision where they're paying $70 billion to buy a company. But, like, Square Enix is the name that gets bandied about the most with Sony just because it makes a lot of sense. The two companies have partnered together a lot over the years. Uh, It's a Japanese-centric company um, that sells a lot of games that are popular in Japan, so they much more fit in line with Sony stable than Microsoft's. So And and they're also a fairly affordable pickup, quite honestly. Their Their market... Uh, evaluation is around seven billion right now, um, and so like you think at worst you'd have to pay like fifteen to get right. them if you wanted to bring them in. So, um, lot of scuttlebutt there, but no, no, no real smoke. Just people idly, idly speculating. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, armchair stockbrokers yeah. are um, are you know it's easy to play around with money when it ain't yours, but. Uh, but yeah, don't just everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. Now it'll be, be fun. In, in an interesting kind of related story, um, Sony put out a statement that's saying like they expect Microsoft to, you know, honor honor the agreement signed when it comes to things like Call of Duty and other games that are that are multi platform. Um, in the wake of this acquisition, so Phil Spencer put out an interesting tweet, and a lot of people read this tweet. Well, I'll, I'll read the tweet and then I'll talk about the reaction to it. So here, this is a verbatim tweet from Phil Spencer last week. Uh, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on the PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. Now, a lot of folks read that tweet and they're like, oh, you see, Call of Duty is going nowhere. In terms of the PlayStation. And I say to those people, you better reread that statement again because that is very mm-hmm. that is very carefully worded. Yeah. 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 There's um there's a there's a couple of words there, existing agreements. Yes. Uh you better believe that if they're shelling out this much money, they're not going to just let they're not they're not gonna do it. Now I don't know what kind of Netflix style metrics like Microsoft is working with. Obviously, Game Pass is the thing that they want you to have, mm-hmm. right? But they also still want to sell Xboxes, guys. <laughs> like, don't kind, get it twisted. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't get it twisted, right? Like, and and they're not gonna they're not gonna spend this much money on these incredibly marquee properties. Mm-hmm. And just kind of hand them out. Like, Phil, I like Phil. Phil does a very good job at being the friendly businessman. Right? Like, but he's still a businessman. Yeah. 
And he's not like he's not stupid. Quite 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 the opposite. He is I'm not going to say he's like like Bobby Kotick levels of a businessman type, but he's a businessman, guys. And he just is a businessman with very very who knows how to spin and has very good PR and is incredibly good at being the front face of a company. Like and it takes skill to do that, man. Like mad respect for him. But like nah, yo, like don't get it twisted, man. <laughs> like a couple of years from now, like Call of Duty is going to be Xbox only. It just it is. Well, funny you say that. So the other scuttlebutt and speculation. I, I, I think you're right, Micah. I think that it will be Microsoft only, but I think it will Microsoft be Microsoft only. I think it will be Game Pass only. And that's an important distinction to make because what a lot of other folks are speculating is that Microsoft, part of this acquisition is to put pressure on Sony to do what would otherwise be unthinkable. And that is to put Game Pass on PlayStation or to allow Game Pass to be on PlayStation, Hmm. which is an interesting, uh, an interesting thing to frame. Because think about it. You're Microsoft, right? Right now, your existing customer base is people that own Xboxes or are planning on buying one or people that have PCs in terms of in terms of Game Pass right now. There is a I don't, I don't know how many of the hundred and, you know, hundred and ten million PS4 owners and how many of the what are we up to 15 probably million PlayStation 5 owners that are out there right now. Uh, who own also own one of those other things? Let let's let's just say that half uh, play on PC or own an Xbox, and half don't. That's an extra potential, you know, sixty million consumers that you can market Game Pass to. And let's say you convince Sony to do it. You say, hey, you can have thirty percent of what of whatever you sell, basically, and. Now you got Game Pass on PlayStation. And now like you're you're kind of bleeding them. Like they're still getting the 30%, but there's a lot of games that they would have sold through their marketplace potentially that they would have sold to somebody that they're not going to sell now because they can just play it on Game Pass, like uh, third-party stuff and things of that nature. It's an, it's an interesting thought cuz they so Microsoft has approached this with Sony before. And of course Sony's just like fuck out of here like yeah. <laughs> like, we, yeah, like we don't yeah, we don't get need the that. hell out of here. Right. But when you're talking about Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Starfield, Call of Duty, Diablo, potentially World of Warcraft, <laughs> you know, all, all of these all of these massive properties which have done a lot of money on PlayStation. Like I know that Skyrim's a PC game and and Fallout's a PC game, but don't get it twisted. They've sold millions and millions of copies on that on the PlayStation system as well. Deathloop yeah. did fantastic. It was a PlayStation and PC exclusive when it came out. That's a lot of revenue that Sony is potentially losing out on. And you'd rather have 30% of something than 100% of nothing. At some point. Yeah. At some point. It's um that's a very that's a very interesting situation. Yeah. And I mm, and and it's it's shrewd, really. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 that's that's the word for it. Um, 
I, I, I don't, I don't foresee Sony doing a Game Pass. Uh, oh, they will. They, they, I mean, it won't be the same as Microsoft, where they're putting Sony games on it day one. I don't think. But Spartacus is already pretty much a, a an open secret at this point. You know what I mean? Like, like the Sony Game Pass mm-hmm. is pretty much like known, but it won't. But I, I think the only difference will be that they're not going to be putting their new games on it. Yeah, like that's the thing. That is the that's the thing. That's the value for Game Pass for me, Mm. right? Like I, you know, I don't, I don't mind paying, you know, for games that I really want. But it's the it's the games that I really want that I don't have to pay for, that I don't have to do a lump sum for. Like that is what hooks me to Game Pass. So I, I, I can't. I don't foresee myself using sony's version of it if that's the case but i don't know man really, you this don't, is like, really interesting so like well hang on with sony's so let, let's say sony comes out with with spartacus and they're mm-hmm. like okay top tier because because the the way they rolled it out it's like all right tier one is just playstation plus tier two is playstation plus and ps4 and ps5 you know select ps4 ps5 games that, ro- that on a rotating schedule and then tier three is all of that plus PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP stuff. Okay. All right. So let's say that that all-in tier is $20 a month. And it includes your PlayStation Plus. Are you buying? I I would have to see what the other tiers uh, cost. I You know me, man. I don't care for going backwards too much when it comes to playing. Uh, one generation behind... I'll still play PS4 games, no problem, no problem. Partly, especially now because I kind of have to, mm-hmm. right? Uh, PlayStation Three games, <laughs> it's got to be a phenomenal game, man. It's got to be something that's like Foley, legendary. Foley Mag was still around. They shut. The screen <laughs> around, so. You start going into PS2 territory. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going back. I'm not going backwards when it comes to when it comes to video games. I understand people really like to and nostalgia and all that. No, man, I'm, that's not for me. If it's a value, right? Like if the, if the price increase from the, the PlayStation Plus, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4 tier to the all-in tier is $5, maybe, mm-hmm. because it's $5. But if it's anything more than that, I, I, I don't, there's no need. I, that, that Nintendo, that Nintendo um, online stuff. I let that lapse because I didn't do anything with it. Hmm. I don't go back and play old Nintendo games. Like I just, I just don't. So I don't know. We'll see. Look, I got Game Pass. I use it for the day one games. I use it for brand spanking new games. But there's a lot of games that they have. I just don't play a lot of. Them. You know, weirdly, you know what I use Game Pass for? What I've used it for a couple times already in this short time. I've used it to try games that I'm interested in that I want to play on other platforms, and then I buy. <laughs> <laughs> I buy it on the other like there, there's been there's been at least two games um that i've put pl- that i played on there that i wanted to try and just because i wanted to buy it on switch but i wanted to make sure that i liked the game before before uh before actually spending money on it on the switch that was one, one, one step one step from eden was one of those games like i was like oh it's on game pass i'll try it out see if i dig it and if i do then i'll go buy it on sale on the switch for 
thirteen dollars or whatever it is. So. I was about I was about to do that with this uh, with this turn based RPG. I I can't remember the name of it. It's like something ascending or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's. It's on the Switch, it's like $40. $40? I was like, no. Nah. And then I saw it came on Game Pass. I was like, all right, I'm going to try it on Game Pass. I don't like playing um, turn-based RPG. I don't like playing like turn-based RPGs in that art style on a television. Like It just feels better in a, in a handheld. But I said, let me try it. It's a good game. It's not $40 of a good game for me. And uh, so, yeah. But you know, if it goes on sale, I know I like it. I'll uh, I'll pick it up on the Switch. So yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. So uh, so that was kind of the ripple effects. Now, the other thing that was hilarious to me is more Bobby Kotick news. That's kind of that's kind of you know flown out there in the wake of all this stuff. So reportedly, uh, Bobby Kotick uh, going through some strife with all the negative press out there about Activision Blizzard. Uh, his genius idea to change the narrative of the company was to buy a video game news publication uh, to be able to produce positive spin for Activision. One of Jesus the companies, Christ. one of the companies he suggested, uh, suggested was PC Gamer. The other one made me laugh out loud. <laughs> and that was Kotaku. Yeah, I think Bobby doesn't really... <laughs> Doesn't really traffic in the uh, in the video game website spaces. Could you imagine how hilarious would have it would have been if Activision Blizzard had bought Kotaku and told the staff, "Hey, we need you to put out some good spin for your bosses here at Activision Blizzard." I don't know if you would have had like the biggest mass walkout in video game journalism or if you would have had like like this like deadspin esque just like shit bagging on the company from afar <laughs> kind of thing. Uh I feel like it would have been a I feel like it would have been a walkout, but I feel like it would have been like one one just heinous like just cutthroat article um, that that they would put up, and then they would be like, "This is our last article," <laughs> and then and then just end it with "fuck you, Bobby," and then just roll out, and then and then it would just die. Like that's hilarious to me. First of all, they all run the same goddamn. They all pick from the same playbook, don't they? Yeah, they all pick from the same fucking playbook. Like everyone, I don't know this guy's a political affiliations, but I think I can guess what it is. I'm, I right. <laughs> so someone, someone said like, watch, watch, he'll leave next year or whenever the deal gets done, and then like go to work for the Trump campaign for for twenty twenty four. Like, like, like it would be like it would be like the biggest, like the easiest, uh, you know, slide over here that you've ever yeah. seen. And like, so, and like, this is a move that they would do, right? Like, this is a move that they've done, right? Like, well, people don't like us. Well, we'll start our own news channel and, and make it red, white, and blue. And, and, and just, it's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious that they run the same plays over and over, no matter what industry you're in. And second of all, Kotaku, come on, yo. (laughs) 
<laughs> would you would you like to know something funnier? So back in 2010, uh, Kotaku ran an April Fool's Day post where they where they said that they were uh, Activ- bought by Activision Blizzard and bought and so the site was rebranded to Kotiku. And this was back in 2010. <laughs> uh, for what it's worth, Activision Blizzard has denied the allegations that they thought about buying uh, Kotaku. So, oh my God, Kotaku, the uh, the site. That on the culture section, uh, one of the articles is entitled Life-Size Final Fantasy Bust Has Realistic Sephiroth Nipples and They're Excited <laughs> to See You. He was going to buy that. He was going <laughs> to buy this website, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's awesome. Wow. That is hilarious, man. That's awesome. Good God. Uh, what else is awesome? Uh, QA workers at Raven Software... Uh, much beleaguered in the past several weeks, which we talked about a little bit. Uh, they have voted uh, to unionize in Activision Blizzard. So their their groups voted. Seventy uh, percent of their eligible workers uh, decided that they want to form a union. Uh, as a reminder, those folks have been on strike uh, since early December when Activision Blizzard fired uh, 12 members of the quality assurance team. Now, just because they've voted to unionize uh, does not mean that they are all of a sudden a union. Um, Basically they're asking Activision Blizzard to voluntarily recognize their union organization. Um, If that doesn't happen, uh, then basically it has to be litigated and Activision Blizzard uh, put out a really shitty statement around this request um, so to, to say where they said, quote, Activision Blizzard is carefully reviewing the request for voluntary recognition from the CWA, which is the, uh, communication workers of America, which is a union company essentially that represents a lot of unions in this, in the U S. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to add, I'm going to add some, uh, I'm going to add some, some stank on this next line. The emphasis is mine. Uh, but I feel like it needs to be put there. Uh, which seeks to organize around three dozen of the company's nearly 10,000 employees. While we believe that a direct relationship between the company and its team members delivers the strongest workforce opportunities, we deeply respect the rights of all employees under the law to make their own decisions about whether or not to join a union. So basically, and then they go on to try to tout, like, here's all the awesome things that we've done for this company. I can't, how dare they try to unionize against us? Um, they're going to fight this. Yeah. So, yeah. And it'll be interesting because like Microsoft can't really say anything about this, <laughs> so, yeah. but I, but I, but I, but I'd be interested to know where they sit. I'd have to imagine, uh, that they are not really want to have a union forming, uh, within this company that they are trying to acquire for $70 billion. Yeah, I can. Uh, again, it's like that meme of Jordan Peele uh, sweating his ass off. Um, that's what Phil Spencer was like during all of this, all of these active Blizzard shenanigans. Yeah, and I look, I, I am, I am pro union. Um, I get it. Um, I, I, I don't. 
I mean, I understand where the, I, I comprehend where corporations are coming from when they say shit like, when they say shit like they don't want unions, but like, nah, like I, I agree that, you know, unions, unions work. Um, but yeah, man, like I, what are you, what are you thinking if you're, if you're Microsoft right now? Like, because you can't, you can't come in, let's say the union is recognized, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't come in and dissolve it. No, not voluntarily. I mean, you can certainly ask that. You can be like, Hey, like we're going to do all these cool things for you, but can you break up the union? You think? And again, like if you're a worker, in that situation, you don't want to give up that collective bargaining power, especially like if, no. if, if you can get something tangible um, in a short amount of time with that. Yeah. So we'll we'll see where this goes um, and we'll see if, if, if it spurs more uh, unionization efforts within Activision Blizzard or in other companies uh, around the video game industry. Um, the uh, accusations of crunch have been leveled against a new studio. Uh, TT Games, makers of the Lego games of all studios to have uh, crunch uh, being levied at them. Uh, in an article that Polygon put up, more than 20 past and present TT Games staff described working for bosses who reportedly expected their teams to crunch as part and parcel of game production ever since the studio's founding in 1995. Um, apparently, overtime was supposed to be voluntary and paid. But from 2010, uh, that overtime became mixed with the studio's capped flex time system that could not be cashed in for extra pay or time off. Uh, Saf also say they were pressured into crunch saying, quote, it was a very soft-spoken blackmail uh, as staff were told not to leave early or let other people down. Uh, several staff members said that 80 to 100 hour working weeks were not uncommon during crunch periods. I can't imagine working. 80 hours in one week. No, I'd be like, I'm fighting a career. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I mean, I, mean I, I understand that I am, I have the luxury of saying that, but like, nah, man. Nah. I mean, I, I give all the credit in the world to people in the game industry who have worked through those conditions. Um, you really have to love what you're doing to yeah put up with that level of nonsense. I mean, I used yeah. to work in the restaurant industry and I got burnt out working 60 hours a week. And I understand that, you know, it might be a little different because crunch is, you know, when things are getting down to it, whereas 60, you know, the restaurant industry, it's 60 hours a week, every week, the kind of thing. So like, I get that, but couldn't imagine that. I used to work for the United States Patent and Trademark Office. It is literally the worst job I've ever had in my entire life. And I've worked like in, in the, in the stock room at UPS, like slinging boxes, right? Like that's, that was the most like physically demanding, but the U S patent and trademark office is the worst. And they, they come in and they're like, they're like, you're making money hand over fist. This is the only place in the government where you can be a GS 15, no competition. Like all you got to do is meet your quotas. And that, and that's the thing, right? Like you gotta, you gotta reject all these patents and, and there's a certain number that you have to hit and the, the number increases uh, every two weeks. And it got to the point where I was pulling about 60 hours a week. Like, and, and, and that place is in Alexandria. I live in Maryland and I, you know, and I took the train, like I wouldn't get out of there until midnight for one day straight. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. Like I physically couldn't do it. And I, so I, I get it right. Like I understand 
the the soft spoken blackmail. You know mm. what I mean? Like that might sound ridiculous, but like it's not, man. Like they just they just do it in they they our soft spoken blackmail was called quotas and you have to meet them or you get fired. I got I got fired for it because I couldn't keep up my quotas. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me, man. So yeah, yeah man, like work life balance is a real fucking thing. And that was a job I hated. I was just doing it because they were like, you can make a ton of money. And you can if you're really good at it. And if you, you know, but nah, man. Mm-mm. Well, again, so, like, I, yeah. I, I took, like, when I left the restaurant industry, I took a, you know, probably like a 8 to 10% pay cut just to get out to go somewhere yeah. else. It's because quality of life is worth more than money sometimes. So, yeah, and again, man. a lot of the, a lot of these, you know, developers and programmers are making you know, potentially into six figures. It's a lot of money, but man, I don't know if your sanity is worth all that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, now, now to get to the news that you guys have all been waiting for. It's, it's, it's this week in NFTs on, <laughs> on dense pixels. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, Troy Baker, famed voice actor, perhaps the most recognizable voice actor in the video game industry, uh, really fucking stepped into it. Because he decided to partner with a company called uh, Voiceverse. And I'm going to read his tweet to you verbatim uh, because, and, and see if you can identify why uh, the internet uh, came for Troy uh, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. I'm partnering with Voiceverse NFT to explore ways where together we might bring new tools to creators to make new things and allow everyone a chance to own and invest in the IPs they create. We all have a story to tell. You can hate or you can create. What will it be? (sighs) (laughs) Come on, dude. What are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Like, if you want to get into NFTs, one, fuck off, right? (laughs) Like, if you want to get into NFTs, fuck off, right? But, like, (laughs) I will give him, I will give him the benefit of the doubt and, and, and say that he's ignorant to it, right? Because a lot of people are. And, you know, he's, he's a, he's a minor celebrity or or major celebrity in the voiceover world and a minor celebrity everywhere else, right? So he doesn't really, like, people just bring stuff to him. And it's just like, all right, sounds like a good idea. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And that's me being generous, by the mm, way. Because so, I'm, because I'm really, he, I'm, he did, so he did an interview, um, cause he does a regular podcast with like Alana Pierce and Austin Winery and, and a few other guys. So he went on there, um, to talk about that. It literally happened like the night, <laughs> like, like, the, the, right. like, the, like he tweeted that out this morning and then, and then he went on there that night. Yeah, because a lot of Pierce is like, yo, fuck NFTs. Right. Know? So what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, he he talked to them for like a couple weeks and he's like, oh, he's like, you know, I looked into it and it didn't seem so bad. I'm like, well, then you didn't look into it. Like if you're if you're sitting here pleading <laughs> ignorance as to like why NFTs are bad and like you don't have like a fully formed picture of at least like the pros and cons of the situation before you step into this partnership. Like, then you're not doing your due diligence. And, again, people, like, found examples of, you know, being able to show him, like, this company that you're working, that you're partnering with is fucking, you should not be partnering with them in, like, mere hours. And he had weeks to make this determination. And, like, apparently even his agent was like, yeah, I don't know if you really want to do this. Like, is this really, is this really a good idea? <laughs> so, and, and so basically, like, the company that he's partnering with, like, their whole thing is that 
they're giving voice actors the ability to basically like sell their voice as like an AI like voice thing. So that like if I want to like have Troy Baker in my game, and I'm a small indie studio, so I can't afford to pay Troy Baker's salary. I could buy this like AI voice thing with Troy Baker and I can program because it's an AI program. I can program him to say whatever I want. And, 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 and then I can use, and then Troy Baker is in my game. And I did also say like, you could program them to say literally whatever, whatever you, you want. want. And they have no <laughs> fucking recourse because they're just like, oh, I'm just putting up my likeness. And people made the point that this is going to hurt voice actors in the video game industry because it's probably a lot cheaper to buy like some programmed AI voice than it would be to hire like a non-known or like a, like a struggling voice actor, which many people compared to like Troy Baker basically like walk, get, get in the door and closing it behind him because Troy Baker will still get hired for, for fucking voice projects. But it of makes course. it harder for up and comers to to get hired if the cost difference is, you know, pretty big between this, you know, an AI voice or actually hiring someone to do voice for you. Yeah, man. I just um what a I I can't imagine I can't imagine like walking into something not knowing especially this like because look i i am i am ignorant to this nft stuff everything that i have seen i don't like it it don't smell right to me it's because there's nothing to like like we talked about it on the show a couple right. weeks ago it's a fucking it, it's a, it's a fucking scarcity it's a, it's an artificial scarcity scheme that's all it is yeah man i just <laughs> what a what a what a what a what a good looking dummy that's what that's what that's what this dude is. Uh, Jay described a woman. Uh, well, Dre described a per, uh, an Instagram model like that. She's like, yeah, she's fine, but she's a bit of a dummy. She's a she's a beautiful dummy, uh, and that's kind of what I'm getting from uh, Troy Baker. Look, I I heard part of that interview. I wasn't going to sit there for an hour and listen to um and listen to him do his mea culpa, but. It, was, it just um it was like he apologized for the wording in the original tweet didn't apologize for getting involved with the company at all um tr- really tried to thread that needle like oh, I'm just looking for other ways to get people like to get creators like doing creative things I'm just like dude come on like like you're you're fucking making this you're making it worse yeah man it it's not and again it's 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 the it the idea of using your voice using someone's voice you can get you can get clips of people uh uh, anywhere so you don't even have to you know like just like any other nft like right they're swapping they're swapping um uh images that from from original creators and just making nfts and profiting off of them you can do the same with voice uh voice actors you can do the same with literally anybody's voice there's a special, the more famous, the easier, because there's, there's a, 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 a bigger pool to pull from mm-hmm. when you program your Siri like device or whatever. And it just, uh, yeah, man, very disappointed, very disappointed in you, Troy Baker. Yeah. Well, he, he got, he got ratioed to hell when he posted that tweet 
<laughs> Notably didn't take it down though. So there's that. Yeah. There's that. that just tells me he's still in it, man. Like, yeah. all right. Dude. Is, is, is it really yeah, worth yeah. like your reputation? Is it really worth, you know, staking that for this fucking part for this deal? I, I don't get it. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, man. I really don't. So, uh, another fucking wonderful world of NFT is people, uh, basically stealing things that don't belong to them in terms of like images and things of that nature and trying to mint them and profit off them. Case in point, uh, a number of gaming YouTubers had their likenesses stolen and turned into NFTs, uh, last week. Um, so basically, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see, uh, Katakaris, uh, Jim Stephanie Sterling, uh, a lot of Pierce all had uh, their likenesses stolen um, and and sold by not them uh, on on the NFT uh, marketplace OpenSea. No, yo, uh, oh, you got to, you got to the Alana Pierce one. Yeah, look, I like Alana Pierce, man. I I, I think she's uh, very good at what she does. This is fucked up, dude. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to say it. Uh, it, it's, it's just, it's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. God damn. Like, yeah. I, I, I hope, I hope, I hope she goes after people, man. Like that's like, that's fucked up, dude. She's trying. I mean, uh, she, she at least got them taken down. Um, let's see. Uh, Stephanie Sterling. Good as ever. Uh, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll read their quote verbatim because I think it's fucking fantastic. Uh, frankly, not surprised that some freeloading leech turned my channel into an NFT. As gross as it is, I find it justifying. I do not consent to this. I do not want this. And it demonstrates everything I've said about how disrespectful and exploitative this market is. Scum. I don't know why people fuck with them, man. Like, like I understand they are a very polarizing figure, but like, Especially now when they have kind of come into their own, mm-hmm. like people really like to fuck with them. And oh, I, 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 I used to hate them like crazy back when they worked for Destructoid, but but I've come to appreciate them quite a lot in the last uh, yeah, in like, the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, man, like like and and I I disagree with them on some things. Not even disagree. I just feel like they take a very extreme uh uh point mm-hmm. but but the point is still valid you know what i mean yeah like so i can't i can't hate them uh them but um but yeah like like this yo fuck nfts yo yeah like for real man i think that's i think that's the the long and the short of it. well and and to that point um there's a survey that went out uh in the gdc state of the game industry uh report that they release every year in the gaming industry, literally publishers are the only people that want this. Uh, gamers don't, as we've demonstrated <laughs> many times. Uh, and developers want nothing to do with it or cryptocurrency as well. Uh, according to the survey, 70% of developers uh, that they polled were not interested in NFTs at all. And 72% were not interested in cryptocurrency as a payment tool. Um, I'll read some quotes that were that were reported back. Uh, I think it's a tech looking for a purpose. People will be interested in it as a gamble to make money, but there's not enough of a public demand to be an actual currency. Uh, We should collectively agree to ban the use of blockchain-based technologies in our industry because of their hugely negative environmental impact. 
Uh, another one said, I'd rather not endorse burning a rainforest down to confirm someone, quote, owns a JPEG, end quote. So, yeah, like, again, the pe- the people that stand to make the most money are the only people that want to get into the grift. I know. Pretend to be shocked. Right. As soon as uh, when when the WWE started pumping, you know, promoting John Cena NFTs back when I really had no idea. I was like, well, if they're doing this, yeah, I don't it's got, it's know. Be this, yeah, this is this this is not a good idea. Man. <laughs> this is not a good idea at all. Yeah, <laughs> WWE has never found a grift that they're not quickly willing to uh, attach themselves to if if they think they can yeah, make, a, make yeah. a buck from they it. Would, so. yeah. Oh, absolutely. They they have no business touting uh, any idea uh, from the heavens if they want to if they think they can get get something from it uh yeah god damn it fuck nfts fuck fuck big corporations all big corporations suck go to densepixels.com slash amazon all of your amazon purchases <laughs> I, knew, I, I, I knew you were leading into it so that that's why i was uh oh man when you go to densepixels.com slash amazon for all your amazon purchases i mean yeah you, you help a big company but like you help a small one too um, so yeah, go to dustpistols.com slash Amazon. <laughs> oh my God. Did you see the clips from the tonight show last night with Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon, like jerking themselves off over their, their bored ape NFTs that they had? No, no. Oh, it's, it's, it, it, if, if, if anyone is like even partially interested in NFTs, I implore you to find that clip and watch it. <laughs> And if you still think that NFTs are a cool thing to check out after watching that 90 second clip, I, there's no hope for you. So, uh, so like I, I, I have, I have, uh, I have some air that I would like to sell you. It could be yours <laughs> for only forty nine ninety nine. It's a so, deal. It has a bridge in Brooklyn that I that you could buy too. Um, <laughs> So we're going back to the post office. We really didn't touch it last week because of all the Microsoft stuff. Uh, Daniel asked, uh, Brad, I hate – you hate Sonic, but what about Snolf, Sonic Golf, which is a thing apparently? Uh, has anyone played any modded games besides Skyrim? Because I'm sure Carrie has at least done that. Um, I have not really played any modded games because uh, I don't play on PC, which is where the majority of the mods happen. The only modded games that I played, Mike, it was back in the day when we had Game Genies and we could mod the games via via Game Genie codes. Yeah, when you can break your game that you bought. Um, I used to do that for Street Fighter all the time. And, and it would just it was like, whoa, look at this character, this new character. Like, no, nah, it's just a blacked out Blanca. That's yeah. it. Like, it's not. <laughs> they just took all the, the fucking, they made all the pixels black. Like, it's not, you know. So no, I haven't done that because for the same reason, I I, I generally do not play on PC. The last PC game I played, uh, which wasn't too long ago, was Dragon Age Origins. Mm-hmm. Like that's like that's you know because that's the best way to play that game. But that's that's it. Uh, Cam asks: The Royal Rumble is less than two weeks away. Uh, it's less than one week away now. <laughs> Uh, and we already know that WWE has opened the forbidden door to bring in your current Impact Women's Champ, Mickey James. And with rumors swirling that a big name will also be walking through the forbidden door for the men's side, how funny will it be when it ends up being Zack Ryder instead of someone really surprising? Um, so, yeah, that's 
I, I want to talk about that in the first place because so like AEW's been doing this like forbidden door thing where they're like bringing in people that work for other companies, which is it, which in the evolution since the territory days in wrestling has been like non-existent essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's interesting. And then I was like super interested when WWE was like, oh, we're going to bring R- Mickey James back for the Royal Rumble. And she, and they referred to her on WWE television as the impact knockouts champion. Like they, not, they, for the first time ever, WWE acknowledged that a wrestling company outside of WWE uh, existed, <laughs> which, which is insane. Um, so, so, so speculation is running amok um, as to who the men's entrant will be. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I, th- I think you need to temper expectations. It's not going to be anyone big because you're not going to let someone go over there just to hang around in the match for 20 minutes and then get, you know, then get thrown out of the ring. <laughs> like, that doesn't right. really help. Because um, a lot of people, like, were speculating, like, oh, John Moxley is going to come back. No. No. Nope. <laughs> Not not in this lifetime. Um, so I, I think people do need to to level set. Uh, the the <laughs> Johnny I think has it right. The least surprising person they could grab is Chris Jericho because he's always welcome back there whenever he wants to. <laughs> yeah, like I would not be surprised if it is him. One, it's got to be a name that the WWE fans will recognize. You know what I mean? Like it can't be MJF. Who the fuck is that? Right? Like, WWE fans don't know who that is. Um, So that limits your choices, right? And I honestly, you know, I understand Impact is a thing. Yo, people don't watch Impact. Mm -hmm. Like, people listening to this show watch Impact, but, like, people don't watch Impact. Like, if people watched Impact, like, Impact would be bigger than it is. Um, The reason they got Mickey James is because she's Mickey James. Um. I don't I, I don't expect anything spectacular. And even if it is somebody like Chris Jericho, I don't I don't I don't want to see Chris Jericho. Like, well I, here's I and here's it. my question. So obviously it's gonna be a WWE guy. Like they're not gonna bring someone back that <laughs> never worked for the company. I don't think. So here's my question about that. If it's someone that they bring back who's working under a different gimmick than they were in WWE. Right. Do they go in as their WWE gimmick or do they go in as whatever gimmick they're currently working? Because I imagine like WWE is going to do it because they want to pop the crowd. Right. And I feel is like it's going to be, yeah. is it going to be Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson? Yeah. Right. Like, or, or is it, is it going to be Matt Cardona or is it going to be Zack Ryder? Like, like, like who's going to show right. up if, it, if, it, if it's that. So like, that's, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting uh, question to ask. So I almost feel like it has to be a person that is still using like their gimmick name they, that kind of owns the gimmick so that they can <laughs> they can come and go freely as they please. So that's right. why Chris Jericho works because he's just Chris Jericho. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. So Yeah, I can't I can't imagine um and I honestly I can't imagine like I don't know I don't quite frankly, I don't know why Mickey James is doing it. Um I can't imagine why anyone would oh, want to. I, I know I know why Mickey James is doing it because they probably asked nicely because they don't have enough women wrestlers in WWE. Well, yeah. if they're if they're not calling up NXT people, which the which the rumor is they're not trying to do that this year, like they're not trying to bring in a lot of NXT folks for the Rumble, then you have to fill out you have to fill out the roster, and I guess there's only so many legends to go to to go around. 
I mean, is the payday that big? Like, oh, I, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's decent. And plus, and plus, people also made the point for her. Like, this is a nice way to kind of wash the bad taste of the whole like trash cake, trash trash bag oh, yeah. incident out of her <laughs> mouth. You know, as far as that being her last interaction with WWE. So yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. They uh, they they let her go and sent her belongings uh, with her in a trash bag. Yeah. Jesus Christ! And I mean, we've we've already seen some. AEW WWE partnership like they like AEW let Billy Gunn like go to the Hall of Fame when they put DX in and I can't I can't remember what the other part of the horse trade was there was something that went back the other way um to AEW and AEW let Chris Jericho come on the Austin podcast while he was yeah. you know, an AEW employee so like I feel like that those walls are starting to not crumble but I think that Vince sees money to be made <laughs> basically yeah. in, 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 in kind of loosening those reins a little bit. Um, and look, you can't like in this day and age with the internet, with, you know, the fact that you're, you're sharing your demographic quite a bit. It's stupid to sit there and sit in a walled garden in that industry and be like, eh, we're the only ones that exist within this garden. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like you know, yeah. what I mean? it, it makes you look dumb. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. it just doesn't, it doesn't, um, yeah, it just doesn't work. It would be like it would be like football teams not acknowledging other football teams that they're not playing right now. Right. Like yeah. It just is it's weird. Honestly, I think Adam Cole would be a great choice. I mean, my I think, my, my Adam Cole fandom aside, like I think he would be a solid pick because he's someone like he's working as a heel anyway. So like he'll pop the crowd. But if he gets when he gets knocked out, like you don't care because like he's a heel, so so like he, he he's yeah. come up with or whatever. So I think I think that's really I think that's really like the best choice they have, mm-hmm. right? Someone who can actually like go like Chris Jericho. Like I I got nothing but respect for Chris Jericho the wrestler, but you know he's he's getting up there, man. And and Royal Rumbles now have been. You know, I always love the Royal Rumble, but Royal Rumbles of, of late have been really cheating and just really like people just kind of sitting. First, it was just like, oh, I'm just going to sit in this corner for 15 minutes. Now they're just ducking under the top <laughs> rope and just trying to do shit on the outside. And it's like, nah, man, like, like that's bullshit, man. Like, I, that's not, that's not, uh, that's not entertaining, man. Um, so yeah, we'll see. i uh, look, I'm still looking forward to it. Um, I always look forward to every Royal Rumble. Uh, we shall see. And it's on a Saturday. Thank fucking God. Yeah. And then Cam, Cam asked for our Rumble predictions. That The problem is I haven't been watching enough to know who's getting the shine right now. Um, so I, I haven't been watching, but I do watch like wrestling news shows mm-hmm. on YouTube just to keep up. Uh, it's much better than watching uh, three hours of, of a spelling bee and I actually and, heard that uh, saying that was pretty good though. <laughs> was it? Yeah, because uh, because appara- apparently Chad Gable uh, is doing a great job at like channeling like this like smarmy like Kurt Angle s character who you're really excited to see get his comeuppance all the time. Okay, last time I saw yeah. him, he said something. He said something really funny. He was like the crowd were booing him. He was just like, "Don't do that. Don't boo education." Don't boo education. (laughs) (laughs) That's just funny to me, man. That's just funny to me. Um, But there are rumors that Ronda Rousey's coming is going to be in the Rumble. Uh, If that happens, uh, she will win the Rumble. 
uh, to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. That's the most WWE thing to do <laughs> uh, by far. Uh, if not, I would like to see Bianca Belair uh, so she that won- she can she have her WrestleMania year. match. So. Uh, look, uh, hey, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with a repeat. Uh, especially because uh, I want to see her and Becky Lynch have an actual match, mm-hmm. and and knowing WWE, um, you know, babyface is always good for the chase. They're never good as champ, so they would have Becky beat her in an actual match at uh, WrestleMania. Um, I, look, I've come to terms with that. Fine with it. Um, that's who I would like to win. Mm-hmm. For the men, I would like Big E to win. Um, just because like I like I, I like Biggie, and you can do again the chase, and he would, and and in this case, I would want him to win at WrestleMania. Um, who I actually think they will they that will win the Rumble? Mm-hmm. I have no clue. I have no idea. Yeah, which which is which is interesting because that that's usually fun because usually it's very clear uh, leading yeah. in. Who who the guy is going to be? Um, and so the fact that there isn't one is is nifty. So that's that's always fun because it's uh, it's not very predictable. So yeah, like the past couple of years, especially on the men's side, it's been incredibly predictable in terms of like who who they uh, were slotting to you know who they were pointing in the direction of potentially winning. So yeah. I can't remember who won last year. Edge. I think Drew won. It was, it was Edge, Edge won last yeah, year. Edge won last year. Drew won the year before. Drew won. Drew won the year before. I, I, I remember I'm thinking to myself, well, whoever eliminates Brock Lesnar, that's going to win. That's going to be winner. And, but and Brock Lesnar won. in it. So. Oh, you, may, you mean. No, no, no. You mean when when Drew won. won. I got you. I got yeah, you. when Drew won it. When Drew won it. So I'm looking forward to Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, but I, I have a feeling like this is going to be like five minutes and just two big slabs of very sweaty meat. I don't know. There's uh, a lot of, there's a lot of fucking, uh, I don't know if hype's the right word, but there's a lot of anticipation for this match just because of the history. Yeah. Like Bobby Lashley oh, I feel it. better for a long time. So yeah, I feel the anticipation. I just want them to put on a really good match. I, I really hope they put on a really good match. Like, now what's weird. See- what's weird is the Roman Reigns, like Seth Rollins thing. Cause both guys are definitely fucking heels. And so like, it's just like, <laughs> like it's weird because, you don't. You really don't want to cheer for either of them because both of them are so good at being dicks that, <laughs> like it's like you. It's it's not really fun to to cheer for either of them. So, right. So I don't know. I don't know how that works, but uh, we'll see. Like I said, yep. it's it's weird times, and I really have not been watching at all. Um. So I'm not the expert right now to to, to talk about these things. Uh. But we're that, that's it for our show. Um, again, you can ask us questions in the post office by going to densepixels.com slash fans, uh, where you can also chat with the uh, communitariat uh, for the Royal Rumble this weekend. Uh, again, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube uh, and wherever you get your podcasts and the other TNP shows as well while you're there. And follow us on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash densepixels. You can also follow our individual accounts. I'm densepixelsbrad. Carrie summits Carrie. Terrence's apparition 410. Micah does not stream. So you will not oh, stream. You it's not it's dense. It. It's dense black nerd. Uh, I'm not, I don't stream. I don't, I don't, I don't stream. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the three of us barely do either. So, like, you know, <laughs> it's not fair to malign you specifically, but we at least might get on there occasionally. So, yeah. But you should I'm still not. follow us because, because uh, that's the cool thing to do. 
So uh, that's it for us this week. Uh, just, you know, hold on to your butts for more NFT news next week because I'm sure it's going to be coming. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. NFTs, Great. baby. We'll see you. See ya. <laughs>